Yo, and welcome to the second Desert Island Punks podcast. I'm Jake and I play in punk rock band Jake and the Jellyfish, and this is a podcast I've started to interview friends of mine and people I admire in the punk rock scene. I ask them which five albums, book, and a luxury item they would take to a desert island, and how those choices have influenced who they have become today. In this episode, I interview Rent of Patrick Girls, one of the UK's leading and most exciting hardcore punk rock bands. Uh, we've been friends for nearly 20 years and met up at my parents' house in the village we grew up in. Our parents' dogs are in the room as well, so there's a little background scuffling and I occasionally have to go fetch a ball. Um, but it was super fun to catch up and I really, really hope you enjoy the interview. Subscribe if you enjoy. So, how are you doing? Right. I am. Very, nice very nice of you to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm very good. I've got a puppy on my lap. Nothing, That's a pretty good scenario to be in. <laughs> Nothing could be better <laughs> ever. Look at her. Um, you can't, you're listening. So, yeah, so you are midway through a tour with War and Women? Yes. Is it like almost exactly midway? Uh, no, not quite. God, there's a lot longer to go. We're on tour until mid-July. It's a big, it's a big one. I don't know... I don't know how I'm going to vocally make it, but I've got a little steamer and lots of hippie tea, so and, and a big thing of honey, so you we'll should, be alright. Yeah, you'll definitely be okay. We'll be alright. Oh well, yeah, vocally, like you seem to be doing better than you were in terms of keeping it up. Yeah. Like, because um, I remember, I mean, like years back when when we were doing shows with you every now and then, you'd like struggle a bit. Oh my god! Even like when I when I started doing acoustic, I used to like you know one smoky house show. I'd be fucked. Smoky house shows are hard though. Oh, you're just worst. sucking in all the smoke. They're the worst. Even now, like a smoky show really like ends me. But, yeah, especially um, doing shows on the continent, like in Germany, where smoking's still allowed in bars. Oh, it's it's so rough. I hate it so much. I didn't use I didn't used to mind. So I don't know why. Maybe it's just we played more places like that, and then mm. now because it's so rare. When you do, suddenly it's really, really noticeable the next day. Oh, it's so grim. I've had to ask, like, two or three times now, I've had to ask the crowd if anyone's got an inhaler. Because <laughs> I don't have bad asthma, but I do have, like, really, really mild asthma. Yeah. But if it's super smoky, like, because I have to take such big breaths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> it sounds like a really weird brag. <laughs> like, it's just really, really <laughs> awkward and deeply unpunk to be like, oh, hello, does anybody have an inhaler? <laughs> I bet there's probably loads, darn it. I, I do always get handed an inhaler, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the, the results are pretty, pretty good, I suppose. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like, what else have you been up to? Have you been, how's art coming along? Doing much in the way of art? I actually am. You know what? I got, um, like a few days ago, I had to sort of send over my idea for this arts festival that's happening on the border of Austria and Slovenia at the end of the summer. Right. And like, but how I got involved is really, really weird because I was, I work in a bar in Austria, um, like a tiny little whiskey bar in Graz. And this guy walked in um, a few weeks back and I was like, I know this man, where do I know him from? Took us about an hour and we realised it was the guy that ran an artist residency that I did in Hamburg about five years was it ago. That, was it that guy? Yeah, like this guy that just really, walked into really the bar. Really weird. And it was so weird. And so he started asking me about art and stuff. And obviously like, I, you know, I went and did my master's recently, but that was more research focused. And like definitely my art has definitely become much more to do with music and mostly I'm just yeah mostly it's to do with like videos or album art and things like that but like I do still want to and like to make conceptual art and stuff like this Um, and I was telling him about my project with flags where I've been um, stealing flags and then cutting them up into their separate colours and then making these big monochromes it's been going quite quite a while you've been trying to do that for a while I've been doing it for ages but not really like in a like 
proper gallery yeah. art setting or whatever. Um, so I was telling him about that, and then he was like, oh, well, I'm organising this arts festival. You should get involved. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I, you know, thought it wouldn't be, like, that big yeah. a deal. But then there was this, like, residency weekend that we went on, and they suddenly realised, oh, my God, all these other artists are, like, at least 10 years older than me, if not more, and they're all, like, real artists, like, established yeah, yeah. people with careers, and some of them were, like, Oh, man, famous. careers? <laughs> it was really weird. That's the, that's the weird one, isn't it, when you say career? <laughs> like, somebody's managed to make a career out of it. Yes, I, some of them live off of it, and I was like, whoa, this is a big deal. So then I got, like, massive imposter syndrome and yeah, really, yeah. really freaked out. I can't understand that. And then, like, so I didn't give them any ideas for ages. I've had my idea for a really long time. We were too scared to sort of let them know what it was. Oh, yeah, and I had to just be like, I was about to be like, oh, no, so I'm just going to drop out. And then I was like, no, this is ridiculous, come on. And so I was like, right, just going to send them the idea. Sent it to them, and they were like, yeah, that's great, no one else is using the river, awesome. Like, well, I mean, like, it would be fine. pretty bad if they suddenly said, I know that's a crap idea. I mean, that's sort of not allowed in art anyway. But. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know what I was scared of, but I definitely had a big, like, oh. But yeah. It's just, so it does that. sound intimidating, to be fair. It was. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to put yourself in that position. It's just whether, it's obviously it's not always easy to do that, but it's like, it's a good, I think it's really, I mean, like I would never have done anything musically if I hadn't put myself in that position. Like, exactly and then where would we all be at this point you know what I, mean? I know like, you have to just make yourself do it I guess I just haven't had to do that for a long time so you I assume you know the rough concept of what we're doing roughly yeah Yeah. so we're going to send you send you towards a desert island and you're not going to be able, well you might be able to escape but you, that's on you you're not going to get picked up so okay. you're, nobody's, nobody's sailing by and you've got yeah. to take your five five albums with you uh, a luxury item and a also, when you get there, you find on the island, you find Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban. Cool, good one. Yeah. That's a good one. You also find a deflated football. Cool. And <laughs> and the written works of Jeremy Clarkson. Right. So we're gonna go back to that at the end. We can we, start a fire. And then uh, and we'll see what you'll do with all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll jump right in and go for your first album. What is your first album? Um. But, but let's go let's go Kate Bush Hounds of Love first okay cool we, we were debating weren't we I wanted I wanted the whole story but apparently it's a compilation it's a, it's a great hit you know like fucking um, Alan Partridge but I feel like it's like long enough ago that it can no you can't have a great hit fine so uh, so Hounds of Love so why Hounds of Love um, I think because it's something that I've got back into in the last like just few months mm. I just suddenly had this like renewed Kate Bush phase but obviously I know a lot of the tracks from growing up from being a kid yeah, yeah. Um, and I also just think like she's so good for like getting weird she is really strange so, so I, I haven't really don't think I ever listened to that album in full no um, it's so weird and then I did preparing for this and it gets strange pretty it gets quick really weird. <laughs> I love it I love it because she's kind of prog isn't she but like mm. like you don't want to call it prog Prog sounds that makes it sound a lot lamer than it is. It's so cool. Like I think she's even got like actual church bells in yeah, one yeah. of the songs. Like, it's, it's kind of nuts that she got as big as she got. Like because yeah. it's not exactly like I mean, how's I love the song and what what else is on that? Um, running up the hill. Running up the hill. Are the, obviously like kind of bangers. Yeah. Like and like relatively main. I wouldn't even say the mainstream, but they're accessible. Yeah. But like the rest of it is out there, and it's kind of strange that it got as big as it did, or she did in general, because. It's just not what you'd expect a record mm. label to potentially like 
Bush. <laughs> no, absolutely. But I just think she's so cool. And I think it's so cool that she was like so young when she yeah. started doing it, but remained like so true to herself and what she wanted to make. Bonnie come back. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think she's brilliant. And yeah, have like got massively back into her recently just because I find the music so interesting and like I don't know me and my sister Georgie we like doing a bit of a like a, a lip sync and mime yeah I think that's the thing to do when to we hang out there. and like yeah come on it's perfect, it's also, perfect the, the other thing I noticed about her was structures like the structures are just like in no way linear yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, like they just they're just all over the place. Absolutely. Um, which is probably something you could say for Patrick Girls to an extent. Yeah, that's like definitely something we're about. We're not really like a the verse chorus, verse chorus, bridge chorus no. kind of yeah. kind of jam. So. But like yeah. it also flows well, so it's not like a bit like Patrick Girls. Like you don't do the verse chorus, verse chorus thing, but what you do do makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like what you it like logistically <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't feel weird. It feels like it was meant to go there to the next point. I think it's just like it's it's writing intuitively, isn't it? Yeah. It's like like I think and it, it can be quite easy once you've like learned a structure. Like so for example, if I write music on my own on an acoustic guitar, mm. I can guarantee that I will fall into like C G A minor yeah, F, yeah, the yeah. classic trap. I yeah. will fall straight back into it because it's something that I've like learned and it's hard to get out of. But like, yeah, I think if you've like with as a band like we're all so different and weird that like we're never going to fall into that that sort of position ourselves so it's all like really intuitive so it's not like we don't fall into verse chorus verse chorus yeah, we've yeah, never yeah. we've never written like that we don't, as a group ever. Am, am I right in thinking that it's like pretty much all of you take on the writing like you know there's not like one prime primary writer it's like yeah. A bunch because I remember you talking about one song, it must it was a while back, but you said that how it basically came together almost from the drum part first. Yeah, so pin song on talk of violence. Yeah. Oh, no, it was called Deflate. Uh, that started from an acoustic song I, I wrote remember that song, called yeah. Pin Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I in my head it was always a hardcore song. So me like um, we were trying to write it and like it with that one we literally wrote it with me shouting and Zoc just marking out the rhythm on drums. Yeah, that's crazy. And then the others added guitar and bass into it. But I mean that is really unusual. Most of the time either Joe or Leaper writes a riff and it builds up around that. Yeah. And certainly I think that was um, the most of the way the last record was written um, whereas because especially because I was living in Glasgow and the rest of them were living in Austria yeah so it was easier for them to send you stuff and then totally yeah. so I think the majority not all of the songs but the majority were begun musically and then I put the lyrics on top mm-hmm. which is uh, so hard <laughs> for yeah. me like as a way of writing but like that's that's actually quite that's quite an interesting point because um, so we've recently well in the last year uh, Jellyfish have a new guitarist in mm. um, and I always did the writing mm. uh, it was basically me I draw it I wrote the song and, yeah. and then we'd take it to the band and we'd change it about or whatever but it's always started with me Yeah. well like one of the songs we've written that we've just uh, just been recording he started it cool and it was just it initially completely threw me <laughs> like, like, how does this work yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like these things don't work in my head you know mm. that's not what I would go and that's what makes it interesting because then you get different influences from different places like you know there were, there were certain chords that he would go to that I would just never think of going to mm. that then influenced my melody and my what I would then obviously write over the top which is exactly the same as that like I was saying to Robin as well it's like kind of like it's like a tug of war isn't it between different big time <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah but like you know so it might be somebody else's influence 
means that it, in a, it you know like kind of water almost not waters down but like affects yours and then mm. that and then it becomes this amalgamation of everything yeah about. absolutely and i mean with petrol girls that like, i write 95 percent of the lyrics mm. but the five percent that joe contributes are so valuable like yeah, yeah. like the things he comes up with are like just so strong and like really they'll set me off down a whole other yeah 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 yeah, path. yeah. so i really Something really like value a, that like a like a uh, like some language or something that you wouldn't expect. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he wrote the lyrics, so they say, so it goes, so it is, on our new album. And I was just like, dude, <laughs> dude, how <laughs> did you do this before? <laughs> dude. Oh yeah, they so yeah, they're just just brilliant. And he's come up with other like gems in the past that have just been really great. So yeah, definitely really cool to do it. Cool. Um. So if you were gonna save one song. So. so I'm thinking in the context of a desert island, like if there was to be a hill, then it would be useful <laughs> I mean, to, there have, might be a hill. to have some motivation yeah, yeah. for running up it. Fair. Okay, I mean that's <laughs> that is at least it's very literal. <laughs> it's not smart, no. but I'm gonna yeah. stick with it and no, I'm gonna go running up that hill. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go on to two. What's two? Um I will go the slits cut. Cool. Um, actually, mm, no, fuck it. We'll, we've said that one. Now. Yeah. We'll go in order. Um, but it's not in order is what I mean. It's not chronological because that's something that I came to when I moved to London. Okay. So, so when you were 18? 19. Yeah, 19, yeah. Um, moved to London and yeah, I can't remember who got me into the slits, but I remember thinking like this is... This is my, like, describing my life. Mm-hmm. Because they were, you know, some of them were art school kids and they were hanging out in the squats and stuff like this. And they were facing, like, you know, there's a lyric in there that's something like, while you were cycling, I could have been raped in Ladbrook Grove or something like that. And I was just like, whoa, that is, like, the fear I have of walking around yeah, parts yeah. of this it's city. Like, it's, quite, like, it's quite literal, but it's like... Um, it's saying what people people are actually thinking. Yeah. yeah, like it's 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 really straight up, and it's also like I think the slits are the most interesting of that first wave of punk bands. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I was because I know you. Like I, I I had an idea of what you were going to choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, obviously we've known each other for like a bazillion years, so it's like true. I was kind of there when we were all getting into music. So mm-hmm. it's like. And in a way, I was surprised it wasn't Bikini Kill because that's like the first, that's like the choice that a lot of people would. But mm-hmm. then I remembered, I never really remembered you talking about them, whereas I remembered you talking about the sits. I like, I didn't discover Riot Girl until I was at uni either. Yeah, yeah. I think I discovered the slits maybe a little bit before um, I, that I got into Riot Girl and stuff like that. And obviously that was, you know, Riot Girl and Bikini Kill and all of that stuff is like hugely important to me as well. But the slits just had like something else and mm. like you know they were around a bit before as well yeah um oh no do you know what i think i must have discovered them a little bit before i moved to london because actually i remember going to rebellion when me and joe were 17 and 18 yeah, i remember you guys going to that or yeah. something it was ridiculous joe like and you played acoustic didn't you? we played acoustic yeah and, and was, um, it, was it ren spits at magpies yeah as ren spits at magpies joe was you know making it sound musically valid and i was doing my thing oh, yes. um, 
And like, yeah, Joe drank all of the um, money we got paid on the first night. Oh, yeah, I remember. We had a massive falling out about it. It was loads of fun. I mean, that was Um, pretty impressive as well. I know, right? But um, yeah, we. um, I met Viv Albertine there. And I, I remember her already being an important person to me then. And she. It was when she had her little acoustic thing that she's done yeah she released a solo record around yeah. that time didn't she and like it's, it's amazing like the CD in the middle is like her sitting with her legs apart and the whole <laughs> of the CD is where her vagina is I, 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 I love her I think she's great I think I knew of her because of her rather than the slits I knew her name yeah I don't think I knew the band oh really yeah no I think I definitely knew her as the guitarist of the slits and I remember like watching her and then going up to her afterwards like all starstruck and like whoa and she signed her seat she signed my cd and i've still got it and it says like hey ren you're better than all the boys love viv and i was just like oh my god like so yeah actually do you know what that and a letter from kathleen hannah are my like two prized i mean they're they're pretty things. they're pretty high up people in that sort of scene aren't they they're yeah. kind of like figureheads aren't they in a way yeah and for like a feminist musician they're like yeah yeah. Whoa. yeah yeah totally but like, um, I think. Once you can say you're on first name terms with Viv now. Oh uh, yeah, totally on first name terms. Love with Viv. Viv. Love Viv. <laughs> exactly. I literally just read her new book to throw away unopened. Mm-hmm. It's like it's brilliant, and I, I I loved Closed Music Boys as well. And it was really funny actually. Like the first third of Closed Music Boy- Boys, I really didn't like her, and I was just like I felt really like kind of disappointed in her and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. this. But then actually by the end of it, I was like, you are so honestly and openly yourself about everything and all of your flaws I fucking love you and it made me reflect a lot on how we like want and demand so much from our idols when actually they're people too this is what we were talking about earlier before before we started recording this about like selling out and it's just like it's that realisation that whoever you love or idolise it's just a person yeah like at the end of the day it's just a person and they, they need to they need to live somehow and yeah. they need to like yeah no absolutely and I think I was really like like oh why is she like writing so much about like how much she cares about like wants to like get with all these different boys and stuff like this and I was really annoyed with it and stuff like that and then like, by the end I was just like fair fucking play Viv <laughs> like did like a, a victory lap of the punk scene like yeah, yeah. why not like I yeah I think I think she's really cool and I think she's actually an incredible writer. Really, like, I've not read any of her stuff. Oh, you've got to check I'd it out, to. especially the new one. I think the new one is particularly strong because it's got like two timelines running through it, mm-hmm. um, and she's just so so much more honest than I feel like so many people if we were to write about our own lives yeah. would be. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you know she shows all of her all of her ugly stuff. She puts it out and like all of the like fuck ups and like moments of like weakness or whatever, she lays them all down and I I think that's an incredibly Yeah, thing that's to do. that's really cool. Like uh, I just think I messaged Jersey about it. Uh, I just read Hunger Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl. Oh, I need to read this. It's I really read it good. Yet. And uh, she she does similar things. Mm. Uh, Carrie Brownstein. She like you know, she she said she talks about how you know, like, she became so obsessed with this person that she fancied, you know, mm. and how, how she, like, would re- relentlessly ring them up and stuff mm. like that. And it's just, it is refreshing to see somebody talk about their weak moments as mm. well as their strong moments, because especially when they're writing a memoir, it'd be very easy to write about all your good points. Totally. Like, you no, know, because, absolutely. you know, if you just want to do your greatest hits of your life. Like, <laughs> the greatest hits of life. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
you could, you know, 28 years of my life, you know, I'd rather talk about the better parts. Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. And I, th- I think there's this, like, you know, extra pressure on women. And I'm going to say especially women that are, like, revered as, as feminists or feminist icons mm-hmm. to do it all perfectly and especially to, like, do feminism perfectly yeah, or yeah. do it right. And that's just not how it works. Yeah. It's a constant learning process. Like, and we all fuck up uh, yeah, it's, also, it's also I think there's a lot of pressure for especially especially like yeah like uh, in the feminist scene for, for those sort of like figureheads of, of feminism mm. in punk rock for them to be on point at all time I'd be you know be, yeah. be like the feminist figurehead at all points I know and rather, you just rather than just like it's like you know not not saying like take a day off of feminism but like take a day off of thinking about it all and yeah. talking about it all and just you know like sit down and watch something shit on TV or read totally. a fucking like you know a trashy book or whatever no absolutely you know like i like like you just can't be on it like all the time and actually there's something that we've addressed or i guess i've addressed on the, our new album is um the pressure that i feel like comes from being in a band that's like overtly political and feminist mm-hmm. people are just waiting for you to fuck up they are like literally yeah, yeah. waiting for an opportunity to call you a hypocrite and stuff like this and I like and, you know we're all hypocrites like we all do things wrong we all mess up and I've 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 got like massive perfectionist tendencies I've like you know had to work on quite low self-esteem and things like that and I think that a lot of my not all of my mental health difficulties I think they've been exacerbated by being in a feminist band and feeling the pressure to do it right yeah, all yeah. the time and like you know when I started touring in bands and stuff like that I was just like shit faced drunk backing vocalist for Mike Scott I didn't remember some of those shows yeah, yeah, yeah. I averaged two pints a set sometimes more because all I was doing was going whoa I didn't know what country we were in I half the time I forgot you did that yeah, yeah like and, and like you know a part of me like you know I did my own victory laps yeah, like, yeah. I had a good time and like I do I do miss that sometimes like now I feel like at a lot of shows like you know last night I got chased into the dressing room by some man that wanted to like shout at me about how there's two sides to every story and it's like cool I don't want to hear about yours right now I'm getting changed as if somebody's that fucking like determined oh it's just so entitled like that why was it the gig quite a lot you know some people are just really loyal to their local venue or whatever so they just go to all the shows but like I get I get it a lot I end up like the amount that and it is mostly men like that think yeah. they're just entitled shocking to, oh, <laughs> and they think they're like entitled to your like time and like attention like it is what if you actually like directly attack them yeah which I suppose maybe maybe he's, uh, he's feeling defensive because of something that he had previously done or maybe what you said had triggered something do you know possibly well, leave me alone. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah. Christ. I am off stage now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm literally trying to get changed. Like. <laughs> yeah, because I, I do remember you talking about how uh, a while back how a lot of people would come to you for advice and mm. how that became like, it became quite tough because you had, it felt like you had to be, like, say, like we said earlier, like on your game, on top game mm. all times, which I think, every, I think, I think every, well, every band that I, every band member and every band that I probably like feels like when they're at shows they have to be on top form you know you have to be so friendly but and like you have to you have to be like you know making friends and being nice all the time you mm. know like 
but that's probably even more if you're then getting somebody that's asking you or confiding in you about something that they may be upset about. Yeah, it becomes an even you know you're not a therapist. Yeah, you're an artist. Well, <laughs> that, that's the kind of distinction that I had to make, and I do try to be quite upfront with people. Like, you know, I'm not gonna like if someone does want to disclose something and they feel like I'm the best person they can yeah. talk to about it, then I'm not going to say no. But like, I do, I do try to be very clear with people that like, I'm not trained. I don't have any yeah, training. Yeah, yeah. Like I have, you know, I have my own experiences and things like that. Um, but yeah, I talk to a lot of people about sexual violence and about mental health. Um, and yeah, sometimes I do find it quite a lot. I'm only quite exhausting as well. It is so tiring. And like, actually, I have been just catatonically tired for like, mm-hmm. for like three years. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just so tired all the time. Like the idea of staying out all night partying, I can't. I can't play a show, like chat to someone about sexual violence, chat to someone else about mental health, do the merch, like... Yeah. And then go out whatever, for a massive And then go out. <laughs> like, well, I'm actually like, we've just been around the UK. And it's been, like, totally awesome to, like, see so many friends and stuff like that. But, like, even just, like, catching up with that many mates in one go, it's like, oh, it's knackering. Yeah, yeah. It's great, but it's also like, whoa, I'm, like, emotionally knackered. <laughs> I need to, like... Because you're never on your own on tour, are you? No, yeah, like, in each other's pockets all the time. Absolutely, so... So, one song off of that. I might say shoplifting, actually. Yeah, shoplifting. It's a short one. one. (laughs) No, yeah, it's a short one, but it's a cracker. It's a good one. Cool. All right, we're going to move on. So what was that? That was number two. So number three. Um, I'm going to go for the Skints Live, Build, Breathe, Believe. Did I get that in the wrong order? Live, Yeah, Live, Breathe, Build, Believe. It can be in any order. Live, Build, (laughs) Live, Believe. Believe Believe. Believe in Living and Building. I would much prefer if it was Believe. Believe- <laughs> believable. Believable. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so good. Uh, live, breathe, build, believe. Oh, nearly. I, I think I've got the middle two muddled up. Um, but yeah, I think that reminds me of 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 back in the day of our time. Yeah. yeah. Going to the cross. Well, so what was that when we were like? 16, 17? Yeah. When did what did when did this record come out? It came out. 2010. So 2010 was when I started uni. But this record is... Because um, I, I was chatting to Pete Miles about this. Yeah, because so he did that. He and, did he, and he just one. did your... And he just did ours. And I was chatting to him about, like, you know, what's the easiest experience you've ever had, like, with a band in the studio? And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, that record was so easy because they'd literally... But they'd been touring those songs for such a long time. Yeah, yeah. That apparently they literally just smashed it all out, like all the all the instruments. They just smashed it all out in one take and then got drunk. Really? Yeah. Like and I'm just like wow. Well, I mean, because it it rolls into each other, doesn't it? Mm. So each song goes into the next. And yeah. I remember um, at uni, a mate of mine, he emailed Pete Miles about it because mm. he was interested uh, in doing something for a project. Mm-hmm. And he got back to him and like no time. He was just like they just did it like that. Yeah. They just did it in like one take, and they did just like there was no like studio trickery. They're so just... talented. Yeah, yeah, it's annoyingly talented, isn't it? Especially because they were dead young when that came out as well. Yeah, because they? they're like they're. Uh, I feel like they're your school year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Like, and like I, we're still talking about school years. I know, <laughs> but like, yeah, but whenever I come back here, I'm like, I'm like, yo, you're still the year above me, yeah. <laughs> and Joe is still the year below. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like. Yeah, but I, re- I remember seeing them at Croft, and obviously, like, you know, we met 
a lot of bands at the Croft, like Random Hand, yeah. JB Conspiracy, yeah. Sonic Boom 6, like all of that lot were coming through the Croft and we were going out to those shows. Brent was definitely letting me in when he knew I was underage. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the Croft in a way. I was great. It had a very particular smell. It did stink, didn't it? It stuck, <laughs> of, stuck of like, it was like a real intense feet smell. Yes, yes, exactly. It was so feety. And like, I went back in there a couple of years ago with, I think... Um, the Crofters Rights is what it's called. Yeah, like Jack, Jack, my friend Jack Holmes was in town. Um, amazing, amazing comedian. Um, like... Uh, who also like plays in punk bands and stuff like that and also lives in Austria but we're both from Bristol mm. um, so we met up in Bristol around Christmas and we went in and we were both like nah <laughs> <laughs> it's probably <No. laughs> it's kind of crafty now I'm not happy but the, the venue's good still it's still the same room oh really they just cool. made it they made it kind of slightly different but like yeah it's still the same room and it's a cool oh, venue really? now oh but, nice um, I mean it always was good it was always good. I mean, I am very loyal to the exchange now. Yeah. Um, and what I think what's going on down there it's, with yeah, that it's, venue it's is a great so venue. great. Like yeah. now it's like kind of community owned and stuff like that. I think it's brilliant. Because they basically all moved there, didn't they? That sort of crew. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like the, was, when I was uh, when you told me about this, when you told me you can choose this album, I remember thinking like when it came out, it was like as much as there was a lot of like in that sort of ska reggae sort of punk scene, like it really stood out because it is. I still think nobody's done that. Mm. Like that sort of mashup because it's like mm. it's not I wouldn't call it ska punk it's like no. it's almost like reggae punk but yeah. there's like a lot more to it than that it's like it was super exciting when it came out absolutely I and I think like you know I just listened to their new record swimming lessons as well and again yeah, like, they've, kind of is... got, they've kind of gone back to that sort of like uh, like a bit heavier heavier side as well haven't they in that album yeah, I love that you're having to get Bonnie's toy out from under the table retrieve the draw Bonnie, can you chill for five minutes? Oh, um, it's not even in there. Bon bon. But yeah, I, th- I think that they're, um, they're just all so talented. And I think that, you know, for me, I remember seeing like Marcia on stage, seeing Layla from Sonic Boom 6, Reb from Dirty Revolution. Oh, like yeah. those three were like really important to me as a young woman. Like yeah. just in terms of seeing other women on stage. They're all really good front people as well. Yeah, like... they're all incredible. And like, but... Marcia, like, she's just above and beyond in yeah. terms of musical talent, isn't she? Like, yeah, she yeah. plays, like, everything. Yeah. Just, like, you know, just suddenly busts a flute. Yeah, out. it's the You're flute like, that always Whoa. threw me. It was the flute that threw me because it would just come out and it would just be like, oh, well, that works. <laughs> like, she's you know, so talented. How often does a flute work? I mean, let's face it, like, even Jethro Tull, <laughs> it's not particularly needed in that, is it? So it's just, like, the fact that she, like, could bring it in and still make it interesting and work in essentially a punk band is fucking well cool yeah I just think she's absolutely brilliant um, and yeah it just it, that that those songs they remind me of of those like gigs at the Croft and stuff like that and then it was such an exciting exciting time I just remember always thinking like everything was like a bit overwhelmed do you know what I mean I know yeah. and like because we live like out in the countryside like the mission of how we were going to get into yeah, town yeah, and yeah. back was always like this like huge like epic mission and like you because know, I started going to shows I think when I was about 14 or something and like my parents were having none of it sometimes especially if it was a school night like yeah. and I remember like not like not being work allowed. On your GCSEs, yeah, I remember not being allowed to go to a Sonic Boom Six show or something like that, and losing my <laughs> shit, like, and just feeling like the world was gonna like crumble. Isn't that the absolute age of uh, fear of missing out, though. Isn't it? I know. Oh yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, ne- it's never worse than when you're fourteen. Oh, big time! And like, 
like you know this but this will be the, the gig that'll change everything yeah. and punk like, rock's never gonna be the same again I know and like yeah just laying all my angst out on the bedroom walls <laughs> and like I remember as well that was the sort of time where I used to stay up super late on was it a Tuesday night to listen to the punk well it was the lock up at the time yeah yeah really well I used to tape tape yeah. my favourite songs <laughs> but you'd always miss the first bit yeah yeah or yeah. like and then they'd be talking over the end bit or something like that oh and I hope I've still got those tapes somewhere because you should dig them out have to like find them you, when you go back and dig them out it'd be, it'd be a good visual for the uh, for yeah the, if I've still got I've got so much crap in that room. I know yeah that, it will, I mean if your room is anything like it was <laughs> it'll be very difficult to find anything um, it's, it has actually changed quite substantially my my uh, old bedroom used to be something that my parents would take people up to see <laughs> so it would be like like you think you think your child is bad take a fucking <laughs> look at this it's like a weird showing off yeah just be like you're not gonna believe it you won't believe it like because I cleaned it like once a year and like the walls were just covered in posters and spray paint I just remember um, the lyrics to a song by Sixth Oh, the trees are dead and dried out. Wait for something wild across the <laughs> ceiling, along with two massive dicks that people drew. Yeah. So I made one into a flower and another one into a rocket. Flower's impressive. Oh, maybe it's a, I don't know. Yeah. And the balls became leaves, you know. <laughs> the it balls worked. do become leaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Science. But um, I actually, I redecorated it a while ago. Um, like just you know because obviously I don't live I haven't lived there in a really long time and you know my parents have other things to do so I painted it me and my dad painted it yellow and like but before we redecorated it I filmed all of the walls and like just like chatted like me in the present day like trying to decipher what the fuck was going on like however many years ago with that stuff on the walls it was really funny it must have been a proper like uh a nostalgic trip oh it was a mad nostalgia trip my, I think my parents were like what are you doing we could hear you mumbling away and like sometimes singing so it was mostly <laughs> song lyrics I'd written all over sometimes the singing <laughs> it should be your twitter bio <laughs> sometimes singing a lot of mumbling, mumbling and sometimes, sometimes singing uh, so what are you going to save if it's not one of the if it's not the song I think you should save I'm going to get annoyed uh, I'm I'm actually going to go for oh no I know it as Oh, it'll be changed to channel. Governed by the, the one that's like, see them governed by the telly. Oh, yeah. Right, well, you should have chosen Mindless. I think you look... Mindless is an absolute tune. I totally Such a agree. banger. I totally agree, but I, I really like that. Um, was that on the EP first as well? I know, I think Murderer was. Yeah, because they had that EP that was... That EP out. was brilliant. Like, Jungle, Pla- Jungle Plane Wreck, what a tune. I don't, think I don't think I've heard it. Ah, oh, I've, I've, I know that I must have it somewhere. But the thing is, I never looked after my CDs no, yeah. and stuff like that. I, got, I did, and now I got bad since, for like since, I don't know how long. Since cars, yeah. I feel like not that, like you know, just taking them into other people's cars yeah, and whacking yeah, them yeah. in and stuff like that. I lost so many CDs, but um. Okay, cool. So we're gonna move on to number four. Let's do number four. Um. Right. How, what order should I do these in? No, okay, let's do Cinderwell now. Cool. Um, I I think what they're was, touring at the moment. What was, what's the album? The Unconscious Echo. Cool. Um, it's the only album, because it's a pretty new band. Um, and I can't. I came across them just like someone posted about them online or whatever. And I was just like, oh my God, 
this is everything I've ever wanted folk to be and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly think that record, like, came out last year and I think it was, you know, hands down my favourite record of last year. And, like, if not one of my favourite, yeah, it's one of my favourite all-time albums, like, straight in. I'd never heard of when you Like, when you mentioned it, I'd never heard of And then I looked it up and it was not what I expected. Yeah. I just, it was really good. It reminds me of, like, sort of first aid kit. Yeah, um, yeah, that kind of vibe, but like darker. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. Like, because I, I, I love folk. Like, I really, really love folk music, but I like sorrow and darkness <laughs> yes. and minor chords. Well, that's what I put here. I mean, it's like, I mean, if you're gonna be on a on a desert island for the rest of your life, that is a sad album. If you're gonna mourn, <laughs> yeah, I suppose you need something sad to mourn. Too. But like it, so I was listening to it a lot while I was living up in Scotland. I mean, they're from. I'm gonna say the states, and I hope it's the states and not Canada because I always mess these things yeah, yeah. up. But I'm pretty sure they're from the states. Um, I, but obviously, hope, I kind of hope they're from Canada now. No, <laughs> but obviously there's a lot of like um, like history between like folk, like you know, you know, folk music like moving across the world <laughs> and things like that. And I was listening to them a lot while I was in Scotland, and you know, folk folk music. There's something about like the Scottish landscape which I feel probably has quite a lot in common with like parts of America and you know like you know the kind of landscapes that like I think the same about Devon as well that like there's these certain kind of landscapes that just like demand folk music (laughs) and like I think it's the weather it's the drizzle and I remember like me and um, my partner Tom were driving up to to Harris on holiday and we were driving up through Glencoe, which is the first glen you come to. It's called the Gateway to the Highlands. And it's this, like, big, moody it's like, valley. It's either metal or, or folk. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is. I mean, metal also very relevant. And I had an incredible experience driving through the mountains in Austria listening to Converge, which was also one of these, like, perfect <laughs> car DJ moments. Yeah. But, like, the, like listening to Cinderwell and driving through Glencoe is, like, one of my, like favorite traveling experiences ever because it was like you know that that misty rain and like big mountains coming in and yeah, in and out of the yeah. clouds and like yeah then they happened to be touring and i went and saw them in this tiny little folk bar in like this in glasgow like i just went on my own and there were like i'm not joking like 12 people there and like they played phenomenally yeah, yeah. it was like it seems oh, like a lot of like from what I listened cool. to it seemed like quite a lot of cool like sort of melodies mm. uh, and like uh, half, like kind of nice like kind of close harmonies oh the harmonies yeah yeah it's like um, yeah it's, I can sort of see it you know like amongst like sort of mountains and it's, like, you know, it's kind of like it's very yeah like you say like very soaring sort of melodies and harmonies and stuff I love it and I feel like you know if you're on a desert island I would get sick of the sunshine and the heat yeah so you, like, need, something, you need something to remind you of the yeah thing. something to be like you know let me just like I'll just splash water in my face and imagine I'm in Scotland like or something like that like that's such, what I'd such be such a visual I'd be, I'd be lying in the shallow water listening to that going splashing myself I mean you've got a lot of time to kill so exactly enough. that's what I'd be doing after after I'd like had a little bit of a swoop around pretending to be Kate Bush, that's what I'd do. But yeah, they've got um like I think it's called like Mainru Platz or something like that, and that's like a really old um Jewish song, Jewish workers song. Um like and I, I want something that I really, really love about folk is like the way that it make it takes you back in time. And I think like the you know, this um the thing in folk of people like like 
constantly reinterpreting and reimagining songs yeah. is like so powerful in such an important way to like keep in touch with like a people's history. Yes, like, yeah. I mean that's kind of kind of the history of folk, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's like, like trying the to remember stories. Folk. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about stories and about like the the ordinary person's history. And I think that that is something that really inspires me and the other day we played up at Glasgow Autonomous Space and um, is that new that place because I've not heard of it before it's been open for like a couple of years now I think mm-hmm. and I went there a bit when I was um, living in Glasgow yeah, yeah. it's like honestly what they're doing there is I think unprecedented in the UK because it's it's a DIY space but it's not focused on music it's focused on community cool. so they do have gigs there but the gigs are mostly in order to fund the space yeah. and it does all of these like uh, it's got like a herb garden and a community garden which like a lot of um, refugees and asylum seekers use and um, there's Arabic exchange which happens once a week yeah. there's a, a radical library called the Rattle Library which um, my friend Hussein runs Bonnie chill we'll go out in a minute come on come on baby um, it sounds like uh, something you see a lot more on the continent Exactly. We so don't have a lot of in the UK. It's really. like a brilliant, brilliant space, and um, my friend Josie is super involved. And I like asked her if she'd play, if she'd also perform at the gig we played there the other night. Yeah. Because she performs folk songs like Scott. <laughs> she's probably <laughs> just licking Jake's face. Because <laughs> um, she sings um, folk like um, Scott folk songs in Scots, so Scottish dialect. Oh, cool. Um, but, like, from a feminist perspective. Yeah. And, uh, like, honestly, what she does is brilliant. And, you know, she's singing all these old folk songs and it makes you realise, like, like how old, like, women's resistance has yeah. been. Yeah, yeah, And this sort of stuff. And, I, yeah, that's what I love about folk music because it, I feel like it it puts me in touch with, with like, a history that I actually relate to. You know, not yeah, the history yeah. of, like, like you know like big men or whatever or like it's, kings no, and queens it's, it's like, like a, a reminder history. that it's not all like the patriarchy yeah, yeah. Like totally. there, there was there was all of this there's always been resistance there's always it might been not like... be might not be what the history books tell us exactly that, because I mean the history book's always going to say who was you know it's always going to be the perspective of the people that were in charge yeah exactly it's always the dominant that write the history books and like yeah folk music has this incredible history of like um, of resistance mm. and like of fueling that such resistance. an intense t- intense turnaround when you said resistance it was like <laughs> resistance <laughs> like, so, I eyes, love a bit of resistance <laughs> your eyes got big and there was a serious stare <laughs> all about the resistance <laughs> uh, cool yeah so are you gonna are you gonna keep a track do you need a reminder of the tracks the second track I think actually Insulation of the Silence yeah is is brilliant oh what's that lyric that i absolutely love um no no help no help on the lyrics front no help on the lyrics front oh there's a lyric in that track that i remember like really really like like knocked me dead i had to stop listening to this album because i played it literally every day for about six months well i mean that shows it is good you know if you you can just brilliant if you can do that I just think they're incredible. Like uh, no, I don't think we've got any lyric phenomenal. help, I'm afraid. But they're on tour at the moment. Um, they're on tour at the moment. Go and check them out if you can. I just yeah, I just think they're phenomenal. Cool. All right. Well then, we'll move on to number five. Okay, I'm gonna go <laughs> cheering on Tim Foyle. 
um, Marley Marley Bow Lane. Marley Bow. Marley Bow. Lane. That one. What a record. It's so good. What a tune. Like, well, yeah, absolute tunes the whole way through. But like, it was just like such a departure from their previous stuff. And like, I don't know. I really feel like. I I played that record like all summer. So I I remember I remember going to go and see you in Hamburg with Laura. Yeah. Um and there was like a couple of records I was really into at the time and I and I said to you like oh you should listen to this and you went like yeah oh, yeah and I was like no it's way different <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember if you listened to it then but I was just like going like you should definitely check it out because <laughs> this, like, this one is 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 so different from what they did previously because we we both had experience like mm. seeing them live beforehand. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's that is such a good record, and it's so like it's so front to back, like you know there there isn't there isn't a dud track on that record. No, it like I think it's brilliant, and I think it just like yeah, it, it gets better and better as it goes along. Like, and there's so many like ah oh, just like classic lyrics in there, like you think you're clever and classless and free, you're just a fucking scumbag. Just yeah. I'm like, yes! And like, like, I would say like, here I am with my head in the gutter, but all I am is the son of my mother. Yeah. Like, oh my God! Like, oh! Like, because we've all, like, oh, I it's don't know. Relatable, it's relatable. It's so relatable. Yeah. It's so relatable. Um, And like, you know, what really does it for me about chewing on tinfoil is that they're definitely dog people yeah. like, I don't think that's up for debate and I am a hardcore dog I mean you know cats are cool hardcore dog aren't we Bonnie Bon Bon come here come and jump up we're celebrating dog people dog um, people yes there we are it's those it's those lyrics isn't it where it's like it's not lyric, it's not clever in terms of like language do you know what I mean it's not like it's not like pretty language or nice mm. words it's really like blunt, but sometimes yeah. that works so well. That is, to me though, that is the like sort of truest form of poetry is when yeah. someone in like absolute everyday, not fancy fucking around language, mm. just like hits you hard with, no, that is something that I have been done, felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's... So is that like something you try and aim towards with Petrogal stuff? Because I mean, it can be, I mean, you have a habit of having the odd lyric, which is very like, very to the point. Yeah, like I think that that, I, I think sometimes sometimes I probably do have a habit of like because I'm a massive nerd and like you know I wrote the lyrics to this latest record I wrote right after doing my masters so I was like you know balls deep in academia balls deep <laughs> <laughs> so I, I definitely I feel like there are lyrics on the new record that I feel like are maybe a bit like over intellectualized for what I want to do but I also think that you know, I used to try and hide how much of a nerd I am and how much I like love studying because yeah. I kind of felt like it wasn't very punk or very cool. But like, I don't care. I like, I love to study and yeah. I love all of that stuff. So, you know, I think there's a, a, like a time and place for anything, but like sometimes it does literally boil down to touch me and I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's being... Like, that sort of whole thing of, like, oh, it's not punk to, you know, to be into studying and stuff. Mm. It's just nonsense. Mm. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, especially you look at some, some of, like, your idols, they, they do all that sort of shit. Like, you know, they, and, and it's like, the idea of feeling ashamed of wanting to learn is kind of nuts, isn't it? But it is something we all do as a kid, I think. Yeah, no, totally. I definitely, like, um, it's like, you know, growing up, I, the reason I was allowed to go to shows is because... I wasn't letting my grades slip. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was always like, a, um, it was always combined somehow. But like, I really think that, you know, 
questioning authority and seeking knowledge is like a big part of what like studying is about especially if you're studying like an art subject like that is all about like um figuring out like what the dominant like hegemonic forms of power and knowledge are and questioning them like and i think that you know that's why the way that things have gone with um the tripling of tuition fees and things mm. like this are like so dangerous because like you you know you we're, we're moving towards a world where it's only going to be like people that are super rich that are going to be able to educate themselves apart in like the arts and stuff like that and they they you know have a vested interest in maintaining the status quo and maintaining yeah, yeah. The, like the Definitely. dominant way things are so yeah i, d- I don't know also like as much, like um that sort of want to learn also is uh, relevant to like bettering yourself mm. and like you know it, you know it's especially if people are wanting you know like left-leaning people or progressive thinking people mm-hmm. like you need to be able to learn and be open to new ideas mm-hmm. because otherwise how are you gonna you know like be what's the word i'm looking for but like develop develop as yeah. a person you know and then get understand cultures and understand things that you might previously have not understand which absolutely like you know it's like if, you, if we're not into learning like then what's the fucking point stagnate and what we're taught at school is so like biased and weird especially the history curriculum is shocking you know what I never I never really cared about history in school and like now I regret it like now I would I'd Joe love, says the same thing I, I would love yeah but like it's, it's crazy now I don't I would love to study history now yeah but like at school I just didn't care yeah I, I just found it I mean I think a lot of that will be down to a lot of it will be down to how it's taught and the yeah. teachers you have but I mean yeah. I can't I can't blame them for all of that no. I also was just more interested in making friends and yeah. attempting to get a girlfriend probably one of my teachers um, I really remember Miss Rawlinson she was an absolute legend um, and she definitely taught like she I had one of those um, actually I think I stole it off my boyfriend at the time I had that idiot something asshole George Bush no effects hoodie oh, and nice. I used to like like militantly wear it around school and she was the only teacher that Watch like it. ever told me that she liked it really? <laughs> like she was cool like like I think yeah what what I was taught at school certainly is just such a tiny like and like warped perspective of history and like you know I went to I went to art school so I didn't for my like undergrad and I didn't learn like a lot of theory directly so then when I went to do my master's which was a research master's and I learned more about like post-colonialism and and feminism and queer studies and like all of this kind of stuff it like it really blew my mind and actually you know talk about like people being punk like my course leader Ranjana like she was she was a rebel (laughs) like she's an absolute legend and like um I yeah I think that you find um find people that are like you know punk at heart in like all sorts of different places yeah, yeah. and she's definitely like you know kept pushing me to question things um and I, I had an amazing year it was really cool well that was at uh, Gold, Goldsmiths uh, my BA was at Goldsmiths oh, and right, then I yeah, went sorry. and did my MRes up at Glasgow School, yeah, the School yeah, yeah. of Art and that's why I lived up there for a year and had, had a I mean, the weather was Ooh. was shocking. I was in full waterproofs Weird. for most <laughs> of the year because I was trying to live off of my student loan. But my rent was crazy, crazy cheap. And then I just rode my bike. I, refu- I refused to get public transport and I was militant about packed lunches. And like, I'm pretty, pretty militant about flask life as well. Flask life, nice. All about flask life. So like with my <laughs> that would flask, make a good patch. 
Yes. Oh my god, mm. it should be a patch. So flash life, Tupperware, and my bike. We did it. Um, but yeah, I, I spent the year in full waterproofs, basically. And like, you know, I actually, that year, I think I climbed more mountains than I went to gigs. <laughs> like, it was definitely like a a, a changing yeah. year for me. I just yeah. used to like jump in the car with whoever it's was quite, It's quite interesting, because like, yeah, you've moved around an awful lot. Mm. Like, we're in Austria now, you're mm. in London. Mm. Glasgow Glasgow it's, it's a really good scene up in Glasgow oh it's, it's amazing and I think yeah Phil who runs Damn It um, presents like I've never met him but um, everyone says he's oh he's such a legend I love Phil and yeah they're, what they're doing at Glasgow autonomous space the Unity Centre up there is incredible it's mm. like um, yeah people who've been through the asylum system and you know also um, people who haven't working together to provide um, like a uh, a service that's open like nine to five on weekdays right around the corner from the home office to help people with their asylum claims oh, that's, that's awesome. and it's like it is it's incredible what's yeah. happening there like and, and and i think that as a result the radical community up there is like um in terms of the uk like the most um diverse and mixed uh, mm-hmm. that i've ever encountered it and like you know it was i really valued that and thought it was it was really amazing cool and, you know, if I felt like I could cope with the weather, then I'd I'd move back. <laughs> like, but in terms of my track, oh yeah, you got to go for your track for um for chewing <laughs> on tinfoil. That was a proper tangent. What's the what's the dog one? There's ah, one that's like let's let's Google this. this, this just it's a it's a podcast in the hills with my dog. It's like, a podcast of people checking things on the internet. I know, but I, I never remember track lists, you know what I mean? It's the sort of thing where people are like, oh, you must not really like it if you can't yeah. recite the track list. It is I mean, cool. language is a tune It is, well. yeah. It's a really... Let let's me lay some, you down. There's some great lyrics in the language. Uh, there's so many incredible lyrics on so many of these songs, but like, I'm going to go with Let Me Let You Down because I just identified with that song so hard. Yeah. Like, because it's literally him turning down an opportunity to go to... I mean, not that I've ever been given the opportunity to go to America or whatever, but he's turning down something to do with like music. Something, yeah, he would like Because to do he's do. just like, no, I've got my dog. And like my life here, yeah. and like is that, that is that desire for a home? I think a lot of times. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> oh my god, it like hits me so hard every time, and like yeah, just wanna uh, watch my dog swimming in mountain streams with the trees surrounding yeah. me, and I'm like, that is all I want. That's literally <laughs> all I want. I don't want anything else. That is everything. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's how, how, how I feel. Um, cool. So we're going to move on to your, your um, move on to your book. My book. Oh, God. Okay, so you're going to laugh. Okay, I'm not actually going to go for this, but my initial thought was like, I'll just take a really big dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> because... I mean, it will keep you interested. It, do you know what? Like, it, there's, like, it would Nerd. keep you really... I'm such a nerd, but, like, honestly, I spent hours on thesaurus.com. I've only just realised that it's called a thesaurus and not a theosaurus. Theosaurus. <laughs> like, which sounds like a kind of, like, knowledgeable dinosaur. Um, <laughs> but, like... Um, the, the I non- thought of, like, a person. Like a, like a very big theo. Theo. Theosaurus. Um, I spend a lot of time on the old uh, thesaurus.com. And, like, I love looking up the meaning of words. I find the history of language, like absolutely fascinating and it's really political as well yeah um but yeah i actually you know i i then thought no i'm not gonna be such a massive nerd and take a dictionary to the desert island 
Um, so I won't take the dictionary. Um, I'll take um, my friend um, Jess Andrews has just uh, put out her first debut novel called Saltwater, mm-hmm. um, and I just uh, I read like she was kind enough to like send me like a a pre publication yeah, copy, yeah. Um, and like oh it's just absolutely stunning and the only way I can describe it because her writing is so like sensual like and by that I mean like it puts you like really in your body and like the way she I mean in all of her writing the way that she describes like food and smell and like it just puts you like it makes you feel really present in your own body. Yeah, I okay. It's amazing. And um, it's like, a, like you can always tell like a good book when it does something like that. Oh, like her, like I honestly think she's like, like the most like talented writer like I've ever come across. Like I, I, I like I, I don't look for a lot of things on the internet, but I like stalk her process blog <laughs> constantly because it's like a little like gem. It's like a like it's it's just like a really good meal. Is basically uh, that's that's like the and only you can t- metaphor. Taste each part of it. Yeah, that's the only metaphor I have for her writing, and it's also the same as like I'm like hungry for it, and like I go between like wanting to like eat really fast and also like savor every little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like so, I tried to be like really careful reading the book for the first time because I was like, I don't, I never want this to end. Yeah, but you also um, want to. But know also, how I was like, but I'm gonna yeah. keep going. Um, What's it about? It's about, well, mother-daughter relationships is the core of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's based on Jess's own life, like, growing up um, in a, like, super working class, like, town and family mm-hmm. um, in the northeast of the UK, and then moving to King's College London. Right. Which is that where is, you met her? N- uh, no, I, I met her in London, but, I mean, no, I, I didn't go to that No, I didn't, like, um, did you meet her when you were in London? I met her in London, yeah, because yeah, she um, she moved to Asbury Castle at some point after long time after I'd lived there, but um, that I sort of crashed on their floor a considerable amount, um, and like I think that <laughs> the way that she writes about class, yeah, and oh yeah, let these dogs do their thing, let them play, um, the way she writes about um, like class and bodies and like that really complicated relationship between <laughs> between mothers and daughters is um yeah sorry, I, I i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at the dogs I know, I, I, they are they are hilarious they're having a fab time um i i just think it's stunning and i also i think it's really important like as well because you know i think she's making space for like um the voices of like working class women in writing um yeah i just got a lot of respect for what she does and i went to her book thing down in we had a day off in london like, yeah, last yeah. week and it happened to coincide when she was doing book thing along with our friends so she co-runs the grapevine zine along with um our friend kat madden who's also writing a novel at the moment can't wait um and wow, you've got a lot of friends writing books i know and also <laughs> my friend zeba who has just written uh I, I literally read her book in the van the other day mm-hmm. um like again was trying to hold back and just then like blasted through the last half in like one banjo um but she's got a job um a job a book called my past is a foreign country about her experiences sort of like finding her identity as a muslim feminist right um and she i met her through doing nasty women that that book that i wrote a chapter for because she wrote a chapter in that about like the idea of being good yeah and like i i think that was one of the best chapters in that book like i think she has like um this sort of sense of like empathy and like 
just observation of people that's like really sharp mm. um and yeah her her book is absolutely brilliant as well but yeah i just had like honestly the most inspiring night i've had in ages there were like six or seven women all reading from their like novels <laughs> and like poems and stuff like that and i was like oh gosh you're all amazing and your words are just oh like, it make you it makes you want to like go home and write doesn't it or i know home, exactly like, create, yeah. absolutely I, I felt so inspired to write after that and, and yeah i just just get to meet so many incredible women and it makes me really excited cool so you can have that there you go cool I'll have that Um, and uh, then a luxury item alright this is probably a bit basic but I'm going to go with like a a snorkel and a mask that's cool that is not what I expected really yeah well because most people I think want to take something that's going to like you know on so like if it was me I'd probably take a piano like, okay. or something along those lines you know, something to keep me really really like creatively active and, yeah yeah, you know? yeah. Um, whereas snorkeling must is a really good idea well you know it's ever changing isn't it <laughs> so. yeah like this I, I love swimming like mm. I absolutely love swimming and like I love like like yeah like looking underwater in the sea and stuff like that also potential for escape it's just a long escape <laughs> I mean it would be a long escape but like I feel like snorkelling is, it's less tiring than swimming it's and true. you can kind of rest in a way because you can sort of float and you've still got your little air tube yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas if you're swimming you've got to like work harder to keep your head up that's true yeah so okay. I feel like there's potential for escape but also like the sea is beautiful and I definitely want to like you know I would be sad if I was in a desert island about the lack of forests so, because I, I love trees, yeah. so I'd go hang out with some sea trees and some sea plants, <laughs> um, and like chill under the water. And like you know, my like um, one of my like big things for like mental health stuff is like sometimes you have to face it. Yeah. Actually, that's a lyric from one new record. It's like sometimes nice plug. <laughs> sometimes you have to fucking face it. And like I feel like if you're on a desert island, you're surrounded by the sea. Face it. Put a mask on your face and put your face in that sea. (laughs) Make friends with the reason you are cut off from all of your friends. (laughs) Cool. Cool. So there you go. You can have that. And then you are given a deflated football. Some hat. Good news. (laughs) Uh, You're given Prison of Azkaban. Great. Um, Because let's face it, it's the best one. It is the best one. And uh, you're given the, the literary works of, uh, the written works of Jeremy Clarkson. Well, that's great because you need something to get the fire started with. That's true, I think yeah. that's just absolutely fine. I mean, I suppose, he, he, I think he's written quite a few books. So. It wouldn't, I, you know what, I wouldn't even bother trying to antagonise myself by reading them. You wouldn't bother? I don't think you, I'd bother. You wouldn't even use it to kill some time? <sighs> no, I'd just make a nice fire in the evenings. I love a good fire. It'd be good. Yeah, I mean, it would be good. It would be good for fire. Or maybe you could like, uh, like sort of paper mache. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, you could, you know, maybe good shelter. Like, yeah, I mean, you'll get you angry to remind you why you didn't, why, why yeah. it's almost better that you're here. Yeah, away I just from the like, world. fuck it, I'd rather die alone here. Than... I suppose maybe you could use that as a way of like writing your own stories. You take out each of the separate words and rearrange them. I mean, there are words are always good. Words are great, yeah. No, I'd absolutely do that. I'd cut his whole book up into tiny little separate words and reconstruct Something my po- own more positive. thing out of it. That's like, I do that in my art projects, though. Like, I literally have a patch poem that's made from cutting out words from patches and T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And that I've, like, rearranged into, like, my own 
poem thing and I've got a poem called um, Non-Consensual Classics where I've taken the lyrics from different songs that are like you know varying levels of like creepy or problematic and then right. put them all next to each other into this really long weird mad performance <laughs> poem that's like quoting everyone from like Ronan Keating to like um, the police yeah, like, yeah. Again, um, that'd be really that could be really cool I mean it'd be a really long art project but like if you say got like a copy of the Daily Mail and then just took everything from it and just rearranged it to mm. make it completely more mm. like completely different or like completely like you know much more positive or whatever I mean oh. it, would, it would take a million years but it would be really good my brain is going in two directions at the same time so first thing though like I was um, I'm crashing at my parents house like mm-hmm. for our day off on tour my dad's retired it came down this morning <laughs> he's watching all the like um D-Day stuff on the telly right, yeah, and like god I'm just coming on my period and like I'm just sat there with my dad like crying at the telly because it's all so <laughs> flipping emotional but like what really pissed me off is they've got a Daily Mail journalist on the panel for that like talking about D-Day the Daily Mail has a history of actively supporting fascism yeah, yeah. like the Daily Mail literally the people that were in charge of the Daily Mail at the time of Hitler literally went to dinner with him like really? I, yeah I like I was looking this up because I was like I know there's history here and I know this is fucked and I sent the BBC an angry tweet <laughs> <laughs> it's like the modern day equivalent of a like uh, a, a strongly worded a letter. strongly wo- I sent a strongly worded tweet <laughs> but oh god the hypocrisy of it sometimes just blows my mind because it's like like they you know they, they were taught it's interesting because I don't watch a lot of TV especially a lot no, of like mainstream really like kind of this kind of stuff which is really interesting interesting to see how they're like like you know positioning it against totalitarianism and fascism and all this kind of stuff and it's like okay well let's talk about how this relates to some shit that's happening right now shall we and why have you got this man from this newspaper talking about fascism christ son of endibus we all know how that kind of thing starts and it starts on like you know a language basis of dehumanizing people which is what the daily mail does day in day fucking out jesus so that was one direction that my brain was going but also like um yeah this whole thing of of collaging or like cutting things up to make them into something new Mm -hmm. like collage for me that's like the core of punk's aesthetic right yeah yeah. like and i think that you know you can also see that with like the use of samples and things like that it's like a form of sonic collage and i find punk and collage like a really interesting thing and like to, sorry to plug it back to our, our record but like this idea of like cutting and stitching I also find like it's like a, a building on this idea of collage but in a way like if you stitch something it's much easier to undo it than it is if you've glued it so it's cool. got this kind of like yeah, impermanence or yeah, like yeah. possibility of, of change if you figure out it's wrong you yeah can change. you can change it and you can move it and like I that metaphor or like idea is like at the core of what we're trying to do with the new record um, and it's also I, I think it came it came to me from that flag project that I was chatting about before um, and it's been the core of what I've been doing with art stuff for quite a long time um, it's just just sort of bring it up yeah, it is. yeah well I was about to say if you have anything to plug now is your time but I think you've done it well like <laughs> also with the record I've written my little oh yeah pamphlet. I well, saw that I mean I haven't edition, read it but like I saw edition. yeah um, it's for Rough Trade Books. I was so excited when they asked me. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Best day ever. <laughs> oh my God. So I wrote, I wrote that in the space of like two weeks. 
Um, and like, again, wild imposter syndrome. Had to, first, first I sent it to my sister, Georgie. Mm. Bless her. She puts up with so much from me. And I was just like, Georgie, you need to tell me straight, is this absolute bollocks? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. am I, like, I've, I'm so deep in it that I can't see. And she was like really helpful and really supportive and helped me get it to like a more coherent and like mm. relevant state. Um, and yeah, I haven't read it since I handed it in because I'm really scared that I'll be like, oh no, this is awful, what have I done? But um, I, th- you know, they've they no, I they published it. And they no, I mean, they must it. like it so, enough to publish it. So you I know, think yeah. it's all right. I think it's all right because you know, I I think. So I, can you get that at the shops? Yeah, you can get it from rough trade stores or online or from us on our merch table. Oh right, cool. Um, I can give you a free one. <laughs> I knew I was doing this podcast for a reason <laughs> cool alright anything else you'd like to plug before we say goodbye um, no sweat actually check out the no sweat campaign online um, they're, they're the t-shirt company yeah they're uh, t-shirts that are made um, by uh, workers cooperatives that are run by ex-sweatshop workers and then the profits go back into supporting current sweatshop workers unions right. and I just really really like this because I feel like a lot of the time people like you know uh, can be like oh we're just not gonna mm-hmm. deal with it we'll just get like you know something that's produced in like our country or whatever like we'll get everything is produced by the local hippies down the road or whatever but like you know people you still need to support those yeah people in Bangladesh are still need a, need a living yeah. like and I think that the best way of like challenging like and, and the history of sweatshops has got like loads of like feminist history as well and it's like really really interesting um, and yeah I just think that following their lead because they know what needs to change they're the people that work there yeah. do you know what I mean and like following their lead and like supporting the new businesses that they're creating and the unions that are actively challenging the bosses there is like the best thing that can be done to support people that are doing stuff there no sweat bands pretty shirts on their stuff I need to uh, I was thinking actually I need to buy your new design that you did for your talk yay because it's a really cool design Fab. and obviously a, a very uh, very good company for those things yeah they're fab cool right well that's us awesome. thank you very much cool. thanks <laughs>